Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. So today is going to be uh, sort of an interesting uh, topic, and one that is, once again, uh, not our usual format. Uh, our, our, our co-host, Josh Long, is here. Josh, how you doing? Hi, doing well. Oh, good. Oh, all right, good. Um, <laughs> ugh, I wasn't expecting. I'm, Great. I'm, I'm used to you just saying hi. And then, well, then you asked that question. Yeah, but you don't often answer that. Yeah, maybe not. You just say, hi. You hi. acknowledge that a person has spoken to you. Well, that's what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been told. <laughs> that's what you've been programmed to. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, last night, so Josh and I are part of the same uh, men's group, and uh, and we meet Monday nights. And so last night, uh, after group was over, you had left already, mm-hmm. and a few of us were uh, just making fun of everyone in group. And I referred to as the Joshbot two thousand, <laughs> and uh, and it was funny. We all laughed, but uh, but like a really disdainful laugh, like oh, a good. really superior laugh. Like if I'd been there, you would have pointed, and it would have been like a no. If you'd been there, we wouldn't have said anything because we're like you know nice and stuff. But you weren't there, so you it was sure fine. about that. <laughs> One face. We all have one face. Um, so, okay. Uh, so we do have, uh, like I said, an interesting episode to get to one that it's going to be led by the ever charismatic Josh Long. Yeah. <laughs> you almost went into Stephen Wright territory. Affirmative. <laughs> uh, but first I wanted to let everyone know a little announcement that, um, so you got your more than one lesson episodes and then you've got mini sodes. Well, we're going to be adding something new. Uh, it's going to have its own feed. It's going to be a, a, a special podcast. A, one could say, uh, what do you call that? A spinoff podcast that's going to be hosted by uh, our own Reed Lackey. And it's going to be called The Fear of God, in which he and his co-host Nate uh, are going to be discussing horror. Mostly horror movies, but not exclusively. They will be talking about uh, novels. They'll be talking about Edgar Allan Poe and uh, Stephen King. They will even be talking about uh, uh, music. Not like scores, but for example, they will be devoting an episode to the Eagles Hotel California. Um, mm-hmm. And and a couple other um, spiritual and specifically horror-themed songs. I was going to say, going in the horror direction, I thought you were going to say, like, they're going to do a whole series on black metal. It does seem like that's where they should should go. Maybe um, they will. Who knows? Uh, they, I know they will be doing... They'll be covering a couple of uh, Tom Waits albums. All right. Um, so I'm very excited for it. The first episode will be... Uh, once again, it'll be its own feed on iTunes, but... Uh, if you're looking to just listen to it straight from your computer, you can go to morethanonelesson.com. This is where it will be primarily hosted. So uh, that's that'll be August 23rd uh, for episode uh, for their first episode. Uh, that'll be a Tuesday, and uh, is that correct? Yes, that'll be a Tuesday, and then it, there'll be a new episode every Tuesday. And I can say what their first few episodes will be. The first one will be about the film Devil. Um, which I never saw, but it sounded very interesting to That's me. That's the elevator. That's one? the one in the uh, where everyone's in the elevator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after that, it'll be the Conjuring, and then the Conjuring Two, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is just as terrifying, if not more so than the first one. Having seen the first one, I think I'm good. Uh, you know, it's. I'm not opposed to horror, and I don't. I'm not as frightened of it as. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, but like you are somebody that you watch these movies 
And if there's definitely a spiritual quality to it, it really sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the case for me, but I will say that most horror movies are tremendously stressful. And yeah, and often I just can't, I just can't deal with it. Uh, you know, there are some that, uh, that I think I'm more inclined to be okay with if they're more of like a psycho, <clears throat> excuse me, a psychological horror okay. um, that delves into character and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Movies like the Babadook and that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, and then it, and then, but that's the thing is also horror can be a tremendous exercise in style. And so a movie like it follows is my kind of thing. But, uh, but the conjuring two, I saw the first one. It's very good. We did an episode about it. Uh, conjuring two, I think I'm going to hold off or at least, at least wait until video. Um, because, uh, I don't know. Cause I did not know that it was directed by the same guy that made the first one. Um, oh, really? I'm used. To, I think I'm used to d- sequels being given to some. Well, especially with horror director. like that, it's oh, kind of yeah. like the studio just owns it, and they're like, "Who can we have do this yeah. now?" Yeah, but he's James Wan seems to have taken uh, ownership mm. uh, of this uh, franchise, and good for him. Yeah, and he is like a name in horror as a horror director now. Like they yeah. use his name as producer on other things now. Yeah, he produced that movie Lights Out. Yeah. Um, yeah. There aren't really, aside from like Guillermo del Toro, there aren't a lot of other names in horror. Right Not now. really. So There's good no for Wes him. Craven or yeah. John Carpenter or anything like that. Yeah. So good for him for kind of becoming that to a, I mean, he has to a, to a degree because yeah. people recognize him if they're using his name in marketing. Well, he kicked off Saw. Yeah. And then pivoted to, uh, among other things, this, uh, these conjuring films and just, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's very exciting. And he is a very, very, I, oh shoot. I think I had heard that he's going to be directing the Aquaman movie. Really? Which is to me intriguing. And suddenly I'm infinitely more interested in Aquaman. Um, uh, I don't know if that's a rumor or if that has been confirmed, but if it has been confirmed, then, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be interested. Don't get me wrong. Warner brothers will still find a way to ruin it because that's what (laughs) they do with their comic book movies. But, uh, but I'll still be interested anyway. That was a tangent. Sorry about that. So, The Fear of God, hosted by uh, Reed and his co-host uh, Nate, or Nathan, I don't recall. I think Nathan. Uh, that will be available at More Than One Lesson on August 23rd. So, check it out. Very exciting. Okay. Now, today, we are not talking about any one movie or any one TV show or uh, or a best picture or anything like that. We're not interviewing anybody. I guess I'm kind of interviewing Josh, um, but not about himself. Oh, that was your very first appearance. You remember? Was it? Yeah, I was talking about. Uh, you know, uh, it wasn't necessarily biographical, but it w- it wasn't far off. It was you know mm. being a film lover in uh, oh, the yeah, Christian yeah, yeah. community. Uh, and specifically in your case, a, a homeschool, a smaller homeschool community, uh, which tends not to be in my, in my experience, not my personal experience, but the people that I know mm-hmm. tends not to be the most movie positive, uh, community, but, yeah. uh, but you can find that that's episode, I think number 17. All right. So, but, uh, but we're not interviewing you about that cause we already have. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about the Variety Faith and Family Friendly Film Summit. Yes, I think its purpose official title is, is the title purpose. Of the, yeah, all caps. Yeah, but no exclamation point. <laughs> so you say it with authority, but you're not angry. Yeah, or you say propose if you don't know how to say that word. That yes, I guess that is an option. I didn't hear that happen, but it, it could. You know, 
So that's what we can expect for the next uh, however many minutes. It's more than. Um, so okay. So what? Uh, what? Okay. Uh, our friend, our our, our uh, mutual friend uh, who runs uh, Thimble Rigs Arc, um, Nate Fleming, he told me about this. I had not heard anything about it. And so he told me about this a couple months ago, saying he was going to fly out here and go to it. And he was wondering if we were going to be there. And I realized that the date was not going to work for me. So um, we applied for press credentials for uh, our friend Josh here. And he received them, which is great because that was a that was a pricey summit to go to. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, but yeah, so now it's time to earn that money uh, <laughs> or earn that, uh, that status as press and talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I know so little about the day and I know so little about like what even the, if you'll pardon me, the purpose of purpose was mm-hmm. um, that I'm not even sure initially what to ask. Yeah. Um, so I'll just throw it to you. You can start off with... Um, how the day started and and uh, that sort of thing. I, I was really not entirely sure what to expect myself um, because uh, Variety is obviously not an inherently Christian institution. So, yeah, I was... I'll say initially I was curious as to why they were even doing this. Yeah, and I think, I think from Variety's perspective, uh, as kind of from the rest of film journalism or journalism in general's perspective, uh, they're, they're fascinated by the groundswell that a lot of these quote unquote Christian films have had. Um, I think studios are kind of looking a little bit at something like God's not dead, sort of like they did at Blair witch project, you know, so however many years ago where, no one thought that was going to make any money and suddenly it made a ton of money. And now the studios are like, well, wait a minute. Why did that happen? I'm reminded of, uh, I was visiting some friends back in the early two thousands and, um, we were watching a movie called don't say a word with Michael Douglas. It was a thriller. Okay. And one of my friends asked, and it's, it's a thing that doesn't even occur to you. If you're a movie person, this doesn't occur to you because you're just used to, you're used to just seeing a bunch of movies. Uh, and so you just kind of go with the flow of whatever the trend is right now. But a friend of mine said, Hey, why are all movies blue right now? I said, what? And he said, this movie is very blue. Like there's a blue tint to it. And I said, Oh yeah, I guess there is. He's like, I'm, and he said, I'm noticing this a lot (laughs) in, especially in thrillers. Why are movies blue right now? It's because traffic made so much money. It's because traffic made money. <laughs> uh, and and just, yeah, I it could be traffic. It could be, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It could be, honestly, um, the, the growth of uh, Fincher, who is not opposed to tinting his yeah. films in a very specific way. Uh, but whatever it is, you can trace it back to one movie did it and was seen as vaguely cutting edge. Uh, made some money, and mm-hmm. so studios are like, okay, so we're going to make some thrillers. they got to be blue, though. That's <laughs> that's what people want. They want blue movies. We are in our blue period. Um, same with Shaky Cam. Shaky Cam was a big thing, you know? Uh, so it, yeah, could be, yeah. it could be a style. It could be a genre. But, yeah, something made money. And then there is what I would call a scramble to figure out how can we replicate this. Yeah. So I think that's part of the impetus for things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
at the same time, most of the speakers there and seemingly a lot of the audience there were people who are who are already Christians in the film industry. So whether that be panelists who have made Christian movies or worked on Christian movies to audience members who were like loudly cheering and clapping when people would say things about Jesus, you know, like, uh, and to, I know I met a few people in the audience who were, um, you know, a few other attendees who ran production companies that do that focus on family content or faith-based content. So, that, that's one thing that had me a little bit confused. I wasn't sure if it was for those people or if it was for filmmakers who are interested in tapping into that market. Mm-hmm. And maybe really the only people who are realistically looking and tapping into that market or who are passionate about tapping into that market are the people who do have strong religious views themselves. Right. So that could be part of it. Uh, cause I, f- that's what I got. I got the attitude or I got the sense that that's what the room was full of that kind of person. Right. So while I think variety's reason to do it, maybe suddenly people are interested in this. Um, the, some of the speakers and attendees are the people who want to be doing this and are doing what they can to be more recognized by Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of an overview of what I saw it as being. Um, To a degree, it was a little, a little confused. I think just because they couldn't, they they can't say like, here's our summit about Christian movies. Right. But that's a lot of what it was. But I think Variety wants to, if they're talking about faith-based programming, make sure that they have more people represented. Right. So there was a really no more than kind of a hat tip towards those people. There was one panel with religious leaders who I guess mentor um, or or advise faith-based projects or projects that deal with uh, a certain religion. Um, and they had a, a Muslim woman who was on that panel and two, uh, a, a rabbi and a Jewish woman who were on that panel. Mm-hmm. And then a, a, uh, a pastor of a Christian church and a guy who runs a, a Christian, like it's, I think it's kind of like a ministry to people in the arts, but also they do the advising thing. Okay. A lot of them did that. But so that was one place where they tried to say here, we have people from several different right. faiths and ideologies but then the keynote speaker was Michael W. W. Smith. So right. he's much less about inspiration and family than he is just about Christianity. Like right. that's, that's his, that's his jam. Um, <laughs> Boy, I wish I had not put the mic down at that moment. I, I put it down to roll up my sleeves. Helpless. And that's what happens when I'm off mic for two seconds. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so I think that made it a little bit confused because they, because so many of the speakers were speaking uh, directly about how there needs to be more Jesus in film and how there needs to be more Christianity in film. And that definitely wasn't the view of all of the speakers, sometimes even all the speakers on stage at that moment sure. or the moderators. Um, and I assume not the view of a lot of the people in the audience, but clearly it was the view of the people in the audience who would cheer or clap or whatnot do you feel as though um 
and maybe, and this is pure speculation on, on your part, but do you feel like the people in the audience by and large were satisfied with the, the tone of, of these panels? Because it sounds like there's a lot more enthusiasm in the audience than there was on stage. Um, I, I don't know. That's not, I don't know. That's true. I, I think there was a lot of enthusiasm on stage from certain people. Okay. And usually the people who were getting more vocal and more excited were the Christians. Yeah. And usually those were the people who got cheering responses. Maybe I shouldn't have said enthusiasm. Maybe I should say focus. Like the people in the audience seem to have a clear idea of what it is they wanted this thing to be. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the panelists might have a clear idea of what I want it to be. I don't know if Variety has a clear idea right. of what they want it to be. Right. Uh, or even whatever moderators were up. Not all the moderators were from uh, Variety. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I, I wonder whether there are several different people that came about in creating this from different angles. If you have people from variety that are thinking, Hey, here's this phenomenon. Let's get people together to talk about it. If you have people from other organizations that are saying, Hey, we're just, we're excited about the idea of faith and film. Uh, and, and family friendly film rising and becoming more lucrative. You have other people who are saying like, finally we're getting Jesus back into the movies. Like, uh, or finally we have stuff that I can feel safe turning on my TV to watch. Yeah. So I wonder if kind of all those people came together from, from different perspectives. And so it's a, uh, team of enemies, maybe, yeah. um, <laughs> enemies is the wrong word, but, but you know, I think these people blood rivals is what you meant to say. <laughs> they have different goals, but I guess are hoping that this summit can achieve all the goals at the same time, which right. maybe it does forever for different people. I don't know. Yeah. Which, which is interesting because, you know, something being faith-based means it's probably family-friendly. But something being family-friendly does not mean it's going to be inherently friendly to no. uh, people of faith. Uh, I definitely know that there have been movies made for families that are specifically not that. Uh, movies like, you know, The Golden Compass, which mm-hmm. is based on, oh, shoot, I, I don't remember who wrote that. No. Philip something? Philip something. Um, I want to say Philip Gladstone. Am I making that up? That's probably a different person. You're thinking of Joey Gladstone from Full House. (laughs) That's what it is. Um, But uh, yeah, and that was a a family film. It was based on a on a on a on a kid friendly book that by his own by the author's own admission he was using as a way to like undercut notions of religion (laughs) and and uh, spread secular. It was like the anti lie in the witch in the wardrobe. Exactly. Exactly. So. Anyway, okay, so let's uh, let's kick the day off. What time does it start? Starts early. Starts <laughs> it was, at like it eight. Was, it was pretty early. I eight a.m. before eight. Um, but they gave us breakfast, so that was nice. What was what did you have for breakfast? Well, <laughs> we we can go through the food that I had. Yeah, but, I was gonna uh, say I, I have no doubt that you did not make notes on the food that you had, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm gonna guess you don't need to. You mm-hmm. didn't need to. No, I remember all the food. Okay. Um, a nice man who carried my orange juice for me because I had crutches and couldn't get it to the table where I was sitting. That's was, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was, I was concerned that you wouldn't be able to uh, get where you needed to get, yeah. uh, on time. Uh, but I, you're basically, is it sun, is, is it a situation where everyone's just in one room? It's essentially in one room all day? the whole time. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's not a Comic-Con no. situation. Yeah. People come and go and there's like a, there was like, it's at the four seasons, Beverly Hills downtown, mm-hmm. or downtown in Beverly Hills. Um, and there was kind of an outdoor area, which is where they had the, the food and things. And then between panels, sometimes people would walk out there to, I guess, get out in the air or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there did seem to be kind of a lot of rotating in and out of the space. But since I had the crutches and it was kind of hard to get around, yeah. I just sort of stayed at the table until it was lunchtime. And then, you know, I just, yeah. and, until there was nothing going on in the room. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so they started out with, um, uh, with a, a lot of the names of these panels, I, <laughs> I don't connect so much to what they talked about in the panels some of them are just, I can't think kind of vague names. So you can, you can take that or leave it. The first one was called faith and culture in mainstream entertainment. Kind of seems like the whole day was about that. But, yeah. uh, so that first one had a few different people that were, I guess all of them really had people who were in a lot of them had people who were involved in kind of faith based or family friendly projects. Um, this one was more about specifically, faith-based projects. Um, there was a, uh, a director there who had worked on the, the veggie tales, right. um, stuff. And then he is producing, I believe a movie called youth group, which he said, and I thought this was interesting. Um, he was, the guy's name's, I want to say Wes Halula. I could be a little bit off on that name, but something like that. Um, he, he said that talked about how sometimes with comedy, there's uh, a lot of good comedy can come out of a specificity and some kind of authentic specificity to a, to a certain world. And he was saying that kind of youth group culture can be something like that. And I think, you know, you and I were both in youth groups in church and I feel like no. probably most listeners who were in a youth group know it's a specific thing. And unless you experienced it, you probably don't exactly understand what it was like. Yeah, I've watched one or two of those uh, online videos, like uh, things that only uh, '90s youth group kids will <laughs> will, uh, will get. And I watch, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, every once in a while, there'd be one one thing that seemed particularly outlandish that mm -hmm. I did not recognize. Oh really? Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but then I realized that for some people, everything there is going to be right. outlandish. Yeah, and that's I remember when we talked about uh, believe me, that was one of the things that we liked about it is it felt like yeah. it understood church culture and was able yeah. to poke fun at it in a way that wasn't mean spirited and was still uh, authentic and specific. Well, and that's we've never done an episode about the movie Saved. Uh, we might at mm. some point. I don't know if you've ever seen. I it. have. Yeah. You know, that's one that actually, I don't, I think it, there's no specificity to it. I think the person who wrote it, they, they might have grown up uh, in the church or something like that and have a negative association with it, but they actually try to avoid or just are unable to get specific with it. And yet they're still being critical. Yeah. So what they, so it winds up, you know, so when you're being broadly critical of something, it's mm -hmm. hard to be nuanced. Because yeah. that is a film that I think is very scattershot in, mm -hmm. in its criticism, which makes it seem as though, okay, so it's just cr criticizing all of Christianity and, and maybe even all religious belief at this point. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I don't think that's what it was trying to do. Like, that's where specificity can come along is, yeah. you know, especially when you're, when you're being comedically uh, critical of something that is spiritual based is that if you're very specific, you can make it clear that, uh, I don't have a beef with what these people believe, but how they're carrying it out is maybe, maybe leave something to be desired. Mm. Um, the idea of a youth group comedy by somebody who is sympathetic to the beliefs, mm -hmm. but totally can understand 
the tri- trials and travails of being in a, any and the humor of being in a youth group that sounds wonderful to yeah me. that seems like that could be really good so i'm i'm interested to see how that uh, how that movie comes out um so that was one uh, there was another guy who talked about i believe he was a producer on the show called greenleaf which i guess is on the oprah no it actually was a woman who works for the oprah oprah's tv network okay. own um it's the oprah oprah winfrey network oh okay uh but apparently this is a faith-based show that is very popular right now which i know nothing about just this is the first i've heard of it i had not heard of it at all and the the moderator specifically uh who ended up being one of the panelists later is a guy named devon franklin who uh, there's a faith-based production company that i think he runs that i don't remember what it's mm-hmm. called um but he was saying like you people should be watching this show like it's it's really good so i, I didn't get, i didn't get any more details about it i don't know what it's like um but we'll look it up and we'll talk about it next week I'm, that's I'm, not true i'm curious about it at least uh so so then there was a um another one who was a producer on a, a national geographic show called story of god that is it's it's really a brainchild of morgan freeman apparently okay um he had the idea that there were a lot of these historical and kind of religious stories and artifacts and things that he knew nothing about. And he was kind of interested to just go find out more about them. So that's, mm. uh, that's what the, uh, the series is. The idea that it is faith-based, I think is kind of a misnomer yeah. because I don't think Morgan Freeman at all is bringing a specific religion to it. Right. Um, I think he is spiritually curious and I think that, I think it's good to encourage that kind of thing. I think that can be very good. Um, I don't know whether the fact that it is a secular network that's doing it will make them feel like they have to sanitize it of any yeah. kind of uh, uh, specific theology or anything like that. Right. Uh, who knows? But in talking about that, that project, that was kind of interesting to me more so because uh, they are just letting Morgan Freeman kind of do what he wants with it. Yeah. And he's, he is, he is for all intents and purposes, the voice of God <laughs> I at know. this point. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, oh, that's what it was. He is so committed to this whole project that while he was, he was shooting other movies and then he would take his days off to like, hop on a plane fly to you know turkey or somewhere film for something and then go back the next day to be back on set uh he they only had him contracted for a certain amount of days and he's they said he had done far more days than he was contracted to do just because he he's excited about the idea and he's passionate about it so it's great i think there's something about a project that really has passion like that behind it that can make yeah. something good come out of it yeah faith-based or otherwise yeah no point, yeah there's enough cynically uh, produced tv shows and movies that uh, when you have somebody who has any level of enthusiasm that's exciting yeah so when they had these producers on this panel and you know different directors producers whatever talking about the different projects that they were working on some of them that were connected with bigger entities like the national geographic channel or i guess just the national geographic brand or oprah or whatever um the moderator was kind of asking, do you see like, do, are those companies seeking out things like this? And the answer wasn't exactly yes. Yeah. Uh, they kind of focused on the same thing you think you would hear at any panel panel or from any studio, which is if it's good and we think there's a market, then yeah, we're interested. Yeah. If it has a hook and it has a market and it's good, then yeah. 
Um, that second one, especially. Yeah. So <laughs> in, in that as in that regard, it kind of seems like they weren't really saying particularly that, that faith in film is this huge thing. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting at a panel about the, the uh, family friendly or faith film within the context of modern entertainment industry. Did they address at all? Um, and I recognize at this point that the movies are, are a couple years old, but um, did they address, uh, you know, uh, like Noah and Exodus gods and Kings movies that were, us in in some definition faith based yeah but they were definitely aimed at a at that audience but they didn't really know how to do it and yeah. so the movies did not make a great deal of money was there any discussion about misguided faith based projects not much of a discussion there was kind of a a, a throw off comment about it in one of the later panels about um there one of these producers was saying that studios do not know how to market to, to faith-based audiences. Um, (laughs) he was, he was very firm about that, that like, they don't know what they're doing with this. You have to find somebody who knows how to do it just right. And a lot of them don't. Yeah. And there was brief mention of Exodus and Noah. Um, probably also because they didn't make money. And a lot of these people, if they're producers, they're money people, you know, that's, that's their, uh, they focus on how do we get this made? How do we get the money to make it made? And how do we make our money back off of it? Um, so there, generally there was a lot of talk about that, but uh, not a whole lot of talk specifically about the marketing, but uh, it, it was mentioned. Um, so I guess that, that we kind of wrapped up everything that I had about the first panel, not a whole lot. Uh, the second thing they had was they had Ted bear do a presentation about movie guide um, which I am not really familiar with. And honestly, after the presentation, I still was not that familiar with it from the best. The best that I can understand is that they rate movies on some kind of like family friendly scale based on a bunch of criteria. And then they give awards even to the movies that win. They're like, ostensibly they're, they're rating them both in quality and in, uh, I guess safety yeah. for, for uh, faith-based audiences or, or morality. Yeah. Um, but I, I, from the presentation, I cannot tell very much what that, what their criteria is or that they, they, for like 10 seconds up on the board, you know, there was like a, a screen gave a list of all the, the stuff that they rate it based on. Um, but even within quad, uh, categories like that, like you could say aesthetic quality, and well, that's, I mean, it says who, you know, yeah. and there, there's a lot of yeah. stuff like that that's still kind of subjective, and even within it could have a whole other set of criteria. Yeah. So um, I, I didn't know really what to think about that. I think you know a little bit more about them than I do, but I don't know if we want to go into that whole thing or not. There are not a... So... One thing that we do try to do on this show is be as positive as we can about about you know Christian filmmaking and Christian film criticism culture because you know it is often well-meaning and all of that and so it's it's important to try to stay positive while still being honest. Um, there are not 
a lot of organizations that I am as comfortable uh, outright condemning as Movie Guide. Um, <laughs> you know what? And, and even then, it has less to do with what they are trying to do and more to do with how they do it. Um, there is a definite uh, tone that I think is not helpful for anybody who is even mildly concerned with artistic quality. Um, you know, if you follow them on Twitter, uh, again, I think they mean well, but the execution of it, uh, of the way they talk about film is remarkably black and white and is more than a little suggestive of, you know, the idea that, uh, that if you are a Christian and you enjoy certain types of movies, you are not doing Christianity right. Hmm. Uh, and that is, uh, and they are also shamelessly self-promoting, which I can't make fun of cause I have several podcasts, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there was, there was a moment during it where something they put up either on a chart or that he said suggested that, uh, R rated movies equal bad, PG movies equal good, right? which I disagree with. Um, but he wasn't going into any kind of thorough critical yeah. uh, examinations of anything. So I, I don't know. The, I mean, I know that that's the thing is the, the, the organization is taken somewhat seriously in certain circles. Um, and so it makes, it does make sense for him to be, you know, for, for a movie guy to be represented at this thing. Um, but it's difficult because w- Though they will say that they are concerned with artistic quality, that is hardly their priority at all. And so if this is a summit that is not merely about, you know, they're talking about marketing, they're talking about uh, just the future of faith-based film. And so, yes, Movie Guide has a, has a role to play in that discussion. But it also seems like the people there are, were also concerned with putting out a good, a good product mm-hmm. And I think Movie Guide is less concerned about that, or they have a very def- very different definition of what good means. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like there, I'm sure to them there there's no such thing as an R-rated faith-based product. Like it's it's not feasible. Hmm. And so, um, and I, I feel I, I feel somewhat bad calling out Movie Guide, except I don't because they they feel no qualms about calling out other people uh mm-hmm. and calling them out on a base on a uh, on a, a basis that i think is uh well off base all right well uh that's what you can think about movie guide then <laughs> exactly so now you know what to think now that i've told you <laughs> um so 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 they had that then they went on to at the panel or at the uh, summit they went on to the keynote speaker who was michael w smith um that, that was kind of interesting because he talked about the intersection of faith and culture mm-hmm. uh at the same time he's not really involved in film so it was a little bit of an odd choice i was when i saw him as the as the keynote speaker i was baffled not because i'm against michael w smith i mean you know i was yeah. raised i'm 34 <laughs> so i was a christian in the early 90s yeah. and so i remember a lot of uh, michael w smith like you know playing on uh in the vans on our way to like missions trips and stuff. You know, your place in this world. Exactly. Um, I mean, I've been looking for it, but now I, now I got it. Um, but, uh, and then there was one song that he played that, that was always a very bouncy song that I always liked, but I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, but yeah, so I have nothing against, uh, Michael W. Smith, except that I have no idea. Is he, is he, 
I mean, you listen to him. Mm. Is he associated with film in any way? Like, is he producing them or? He or has written, uh, I think he's done one film score maybe. Okay. Uh, they talked about this and I honestly can't So remember. even then he's associated he, on, uh, on a musical level. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He, he has said he, he has a couple albums that are purely instrumental and he said he thinks of them as cinematic mm-hmm. and I think he's interested in doing film and maybe, I don't know if he has any, any, uh, designs on directing or, or, you know, being on that creative side, but he definitely is interested in scoring films. And I believe he has acted in, in a few, a little bit. Yes. There's a film called, uh, shoot. I can't remember the name. I believe he's in that one unconditional too, but I might be misremembering, which I know some people who worked on that film. So shout out to the crew of unconditional. Um, uh, Oh, he mentioned us. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Here we go. Cause I was looking at, I'm, I'm pulling up his IMDb right now because I seem to recall him being, uh, in a film and he's, yeah, he has acted in, in a couple, um, he acted in 90 minutes in heaven Okay. Uh, he. That's right. Okay. So he acted in one called The Second Chance. Which that's the main one. Came out in 2006. About. I know about it because I worked at Blockbuster at the time, and mm-hmm. we did carry it. And I remember being noticing, looking at the cover, and thinking, "Oh, Michael W. Smith." I didn't know he was an actor. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't acted in that much more, but it no. does look like he's he's contributed to various soundtracks. And yeah. Stuff. The odd thing is, he they hardly talked at all about his experience as an actor. So if he's done it on a few films, you'd think. They would talk some about those films, yeah. hardly at all. Yeah. Um, so the more interesting part of the panel was he talked a little bit about, like I said, the, the intersection of faith and culture. And he is one of those musical artists who had crossover hits. Mm-hmm. So they talked a little bit about that and, uh, you know, whether or not people had problems with him for it. He personally didn't seem like he had any problem at all with it and kind of... <laughs> kind of felt like any criticism like that he just didn't care that much about yeah uh which is a great attitude to, to have he, he didn't say that in like a uh like in a chip on his shoulder way like i don't care what those guys think it, yeah. it seemed like he genuinely was not interested <laughs> yeah now eh, what are you gonna do i'm michael w smith yeah kind of so i was like oh that's that's cool um so i thought that was good and he was uh well uh, that in itself i think is an interesting thing to talk about in in light of this whole summit because that's what a lot of it is about because movies movies really have to be crossover. You know, mm-hmm. there is a market of specifically Christian movies and sometimes those ones are making a lot of money like God's not dead, but movies as a whole generally try to hit as many audiences as possible. Right. Like there's rarely a movie that's going to be out in theaters, you know, a bigger movie that's going to say, well, we're only for this people. We're not yeah. trying to market to anybody else. Um, so it was, a, it was a little interesting to hear him yeah. talk about kind of that same experience with music. Um, yeah. So I think that was the, that's kind of the long and short of the keynote thing. Okay. Uh, the next panel actually was my, was my favorite. And the interesting thing about this one is this one felt the most like, cause I've worked a little bit in the film industry, right? And I, you can tell the people that are like interested in it and mm-hmm. have done a little bit. And the people who are solidly like, this is what they do. And they're doing it on the highest levels. Yeah. Uh, this, this one panel was called, excuse me, succeeding in family entertainment and faith-based film. Uh, all of these people are people who are 
succeeding at the higher levels there yeah. was one guy who was a producer on the blind side and those dolphin tail movies another guy was a producer on risen um this uh guy michael carney has a film called same kind of different as me that's coming out with right. it stars just renee zellweger and it's a it's a bigger movie and then another one was a, a is a producer on the the new martin scorsese film silence yeah so these are all like a list high level films and just from the way these guys were talking about it it was this was the most interesting to me because they knew how to talk about it from a marketing perspective this was the one where the fact that some movies are not marketed well came up um and they you could tell that professionally they understand what this process is and some of them i don't know that all of them are christians one was one definitely described self-described nazarene and one of them was self-described catholic so mm -hmm. there was that at least um the others i don't think mentioned anything about their personal faiths but uh I don't know if this is good or not, but these people seem like filmmakers first when it comes to the, con the, the program they're there because they're filmmakers and not because they're religious people. Sure. Uh, while in life, I think obviously religion should come first, like, or, no. or God should come first at least. Uh, but for a thing like this, it was exciting to see people who that this is their thing. Like that's what they are. They are Christian filmmakers. Well, and it just, it speaks to this idea that, you know, when you are a Christian, it really, we often think in terms of like, okay, well, here's the order of things, you know, we got to put God first and then our family and then our career, you know, whatever it is. But life isn't really like that. That's tremendously compartmentalized. Yeah. Um, in actuality, whatever philosophy you have, in this case, we're talking about, <clears throat> you know, being, uh, being a Christian, uh, whatever you believe politically, religiously, um, that's going to interact with every other element of your life. Uh, and so rather than it be a list, you know, Christianity for us is more of a general umbrella and everything is underneath it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're there, they make movies. And so they're here talking about making movies and, maybe they overtly identify themselves as Christians, like, or maybe they don't let's go let, for the sake of argument. Let's say they're all Christians. They are there representing Christ and doing it the best way they know how, which is to talk about making movies and making them as well as they can. Yeah. You know, and so. maybe, maybe a better way to put what I was saying earlier is that uh, these people were not Christians or religious people who thought, you know what? I need to go into movies because we need to have more Christians and Jesus in the movies. Right. They are people who th this is their first love. This is their career and have gotten opportunities to make something that uh, expresses their, their faith. Yeah. Um, whereas some of the people you could tell were more in the first camp. They were like, you know what? I, I think I could make a difference if I were to start doing this to get yeah. Jesus out there. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all, but I think on a panel like this where a lot of people were that first, it, it was interesting to see more people who, who are filmmakers who are getting to use. Uh, and there's an element the when someone says, <clears throat> when someone says, uh, I see a need for God in Hollywood. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to do that. And they still could put out a tremendous product, but by the very nature of what they're saying, there's almost implication that wherever I see a need, that is where I will go. 
So I have no passion for this thing in particular. I have a passion for going where God is needed. Now that is definitely a good thing to have a passion for, but it, it, there's no intrinsic inherent love of film that is driving them. It sounds like these are guys that love film and you know, and they are Christian, but it's very clear to them. There is only one thing that they were ever meant to do. Yeah. Um, it's not just, it's like, all right, I'm going to do this for a while. And then if, uh, you know, if God, if, if we need more Christian bowlers, I'm going to go into bowling, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was a good panel. Uh, they, they got into a little bit more kind of about the finance and production. That was, that was, kind of the heading of that one of that panel as well. But I I didn't know exactly what to to expect when they were going to talk about financing. Yeah. It it was more kind of like, can you get financing? Yeah. Uh, If you were going into this, well, for me personally, I'm working right now on a script that I've written. I have some people together. We're trying to like put together a pitch package and do all the, the stuff that you need to do to start seeking funding nothing at this panel all day was helpful to me for that. And our right. film is something that is family friendly. Right. Uh, it's not specifically faith based, but it's, it's could be a good family film, but there was nothing that helped me with that. Unless I were to have talked to a producer there who I might've been able to pitch it to, which didn't right. happen. So if there were people, I think coming to this panel to learn things like that, they were probably disappointed. Yeah. Um, I was hoping they would deal a little bit more with that. Like what, but, but maybe they're, maybe variety is assuming that their audience is people who are already producers and who already, um, have kind of an infrastructure for the way that they look for funding and don't care about hearing any of any of that stuff. It's interesting. Having gone to the international Christian film festival now a couple of times, uh, you know, they will regularly have talks throughout the, throughout the day, um, by various professionals. And in some cases it's, you know, making your script better. In some cases, it's, uh, you know, speaking the language of film. I don't remember exactly who did that talk, but it was pretty mediocre. Um, it was me, everybody. I did that talk wow. anyway. Good for uh, you for being pretty mediocre. Yeah. Oh, not everyone can do it. Some people are great. That's true. <laughs> uh, but of the people giving a talk called speaking the language of film, I was the best. Number one. Um, with a bullet. Uh, I fired a gun in the air several times. Oh. So, uh, t- to make my point, oh, every time I, it's like, all right, next point, blam, blam, blam. Yeah. People are falling asleep. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was 10 AM anyway. But one thing that they do talk about there, like some of the talks are about at a very, at the grassroots level, securing funding. And it's because they recognize there that like, okay, this is Christian film. There's not much of a studio structure here. You're probably going to be funding it yourself. So here's how you do that. And so that's, you know, I, there, there are things I might be critical of, uh, in regards to the international Christian film festival, but they definitely know who's there and they know their audience and they know that these are people that need instruction at the basest levels. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's not the case here at a summit like this and maybe they know that. So, uh, if, if so, great, more power to them. They're doing the right thing. Um, so, uh, I guess the big thing that came out of that one is I really want to see this new Martin Scorsese film silence. The yeah. way the guy was talking about it. He, Andrew Garfield, isn't it right? Is yes. It? Andrew yeah. Garfield. And I want to say Liam Neeson. That sounds right. Somebody like that. Um, but the, the guy who's the producer, he's the one who was self-described as Catholic. said this is one of the best 
Christian films he's ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that sounds exciting. And, and it's something that Martin Scorsese has been trying to get made for 25 years. So Mm. the fact that there's, again, going back to the passion for something that's, that's clearly there. Um, uh, so yeah, so then the next panel was the one that I mentioned where they had different religious leaders who have been, uh, who influenced people in, in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, that panel was, it was kind of interesting. Um, there was a sense that everybody there was trying to kind of play nice. Cause it's like you had the yeah. Jews, the Christians and the Muslims all on the same stage. And they were all like, no, 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 we all like each other. Yeah. And <laughs> the word uh, infidel was only used a couple of times. <laughs> no. So, so I, on the one hand, I wonder if they genuinely do not like each other or think that the others are doing bad things for, hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I, they, they were, it felt very careful. That's interesting. Do you feel as though, because this is, so this is a variety and so they're talking about faith based, which honestly is, is code for Christian. Like that's a thing we all know. Kind of like even the people who, uh, even the non-Christians on that panel were not, really speaking about uh either jewish or uh, islam inspired yeah work they were talking about projects that involve characters that are islamic or jewish right because there's not to my knowledge and maybe there is maybe there is a subculture in especially the united states you know, of, of Muslims who say like, I want films that reflect my worldview. Maybe there are Jews that say that, um, just watch Woody Allen's movies or something. Um, I'm joking, of course. Uh, you know, but to my knowledge, there's not a big clamoring for that. Whereas there definitely is on the Christian side. So my, my question is this, is there, do you feel like there was an element you said, you said already it was very careful. Mm Hmm. Do you feel like there is an element of almost tokenism here, which is like, well, look, hey, faith based could mean any number of things. So let's we don't want to be we don't want to exclude anybody. So let's bring yeah. these people on, even though they represent groups that by and large are not demanding that Hollywood uh, accommodate them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really can't okay. tell. And that's that's one of these things where I'm a little bit confused on what that part of the panel was hoping to achieve, because if there isn't, if the whole day is about, here's this big market and, uh, you know, it can make a lot of money let's talk about it. But like Jewish films are not a huge market that people want to talk about or, or Muslim films are not a huge market that everybody's interested in is going to make a lot of money. So I don't want those people to not have a place at the table. Like I think, I think it's in terms of them being able to give some feedback. Uh, I think that's interesting. Um, and I think that's worthwhile, but I don't exactly see where it fits into this whole summit. Right. But again, like I said, a lot, I don't, I I think the overall purpose is a little bit, uh, ambivalent. So who's to say that they didn't, that that thing doesn't fit there, you know, sort of the idea of, you know, we'll cast a wide net as far as different subjects to tackle and, uh, we'll, or we'll throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And because that particular panel ended up being a lot about kind of, uh, uh, religious leaders making sure that their, uh, that their religion is represented correctly Mm -hmm. in, in the entertainment. Um, 
I, I think they all they all were good uh, good panelists for that. Like mm-hmm. they all had interesting things to say about that specifically. Right. And um, uh, one one thing I got out of it was it was interesting to hear the the um, specifically the the Muslim woman speaking about how it's important for her and her organization to make sure that like they're presenting them correctly, that they're not all being sure. just kind of, uh, uh, that they're all the villains in action movies. Well, I mean, there is that. And, and she, she was very, uh, she was very humble. I think to say like right now we're doing a lot of damage control Yeah, and, and, uh, she, she didn't seem to say like, because of all you terrible people, she was just like, that's kind of where the world is now. And yeah. if people are going to like, if we can get away from ideas of us all being enemies, fantastic. Like that's what, that's what I'm yeah. trying to do. And uh, you know, if she sounds like she's trying to do that in a super positive way, which is awesome. But, um, the idea of, uh, I, I think as Christians, sometimes we can forget that we're not the only ones that want to be properly represented in, right. in entertainment. Um, we're not the only ones that sometimes are represented wrong. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to see people from other faiths say like, we, we want the same thing, which makes total sense, you know, like that, that they want to make sure that, uh, they're not represented as stereotypes or, or, um, you know, uh, inherently good or evil or something yeah. like Christians are represented as like, you know, the guys that won't let Kevin Bacon dance, <laughs> you know, Muslims are the ones that killed doc Brown, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, and Jews are the ones that killed Jesus, uh, as far as uh, certain depictions in, in pop culture. So yeah, it's, uh, not super fair to most one yeah. could say. Um, so yeah. So, um, moving on from that, there were a couple different panels that, were sort of inside industry stuff that like the side of the industry that's not involved, uh, interest to me that much, like specifically about marketing and distribution in enough of a technical way that I honestly didn't understand some of it and didn't get a whole lot out of it. Um, so there was one about, it does sound important though. Like if it, you, if you are somebody who does understand the terms, yeah. like marketing is, is key. Right. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think for certain people there, if there are people who are distributors or trying to be distributors or are producers who deal with the distribution, that side of it, maybe that was very interesting for them. Maybe that was very helpful for them. Um, but I didn't get a whole lot out of it. Uh, there was one where they talked about multi-platform entertainment, that the heading was multi-platform entertainment. I, I didn't get a whole lot of the multi-platform side of it, honestly. Um, what does uh, multi-platform mean? I don't totally know. Basically, it, it refers to media where uh, you you are hitting people on a lot of different delivery levels. So if it's okay. like a movie that has some kind of TV thing to it, that has a web presence, that has okay. a streaming this or that, like um, that's a big thing now is getting properties that have a million different things, which is something that Marvel does very well. Like Marvel's yes. everywhere. Yeah. Um, so they're, uh, uh, for a lot of just entertainment projects in general, they're trying to take that model and be able to deliver that on, on a lot of different platforms. Uh, I didn't feel like they talked that much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that was specifically about family stuff. There was a woman from PBS who was not at all talking about faith-based stuff. She was talking about like children's programming essentially, which, uh, has to be at odds with some of the people there because some of the people there don't want to think of, family films means kids films, right? They don't want it to be that. So, uh, I, I imagine there were some people there that were not too much of the uh, fans of her being there. You know, it's interesting. Uh, so I went to 
So I went to Comic-Con and I went to a panel I always go to called um, Spiritual Themes in Comics. And not unlike uh, this this panel that you're talking about uh, a moment ago, um, it says Spiritual Themes in Comics. It's Christian. It's, it's almost mm. exclusively Christian. Um, in the past, I think they've had a couple of... Uh, uh, non-Christians on the panel, but by and large, it's it's a Christian panel. Um, as evidenced by, this time around, they played uh, a cartoon uh, of Bible Man. Now, I don't know hmm. if you know what Bible Man is. I have heard of it. Yes. Uh, it used to be like this live action thing in the early 90s starring Willie Ames from hmm. Charles in Charge. Uh, and, it, you know, I mean, it was a thing that uh, was kind of it's kind of silly and I mean, it was meant for kids obviously, but also it was, it was, a such a punchline that they even made reference to it in the James Gunn movie, super starring rain Wilson, <laughs> uh, where Nathan Fillion plays a Bible man type. Um, but, uh, but Bible man is a brand that I've known about for, you know, 20, 25 years. And then they, but they only recently started turning it into an animated series, uh, computer animated. And so we watched one episode of that and the animation looked really good and the character design was really good and the voice work was, was solid. And it just seemed like, Oh, this is very exciting. So I was talking to the guy, uh, that was there representing that. I talked to him afterwards about, you know, and to compliment and say like, I think this is, you know, when I think Bible man, I think of like really bad costumes from the early nineties and Willie Ames from Charles in charge. <laughs> um, you know, so I want to compliment you on, putting together like a good look, having good music, just having it be a quality product that is undoubtedly meant for children, but good job on that. And so he then started talking about the platform, the multi-platform nature of it. Mm -hmm. He was talking about that, you know, uh, they have their own website. They have the, they have the Bible man app, which, you know, a person can download and they can find any number of things like they can, like a kid can watch the cartoons and from there look at, uh, uh, you know, look at the, look at it like a Bible study associated hmm. with the passage seen in that particular episode and that's that kind of thing. And so it, it truly, and then also they will still have, I believe this is what he said. The app is going to be, they still have one, but he said it needed to be improved. Um, and then they would still have the old, the old episodes, the old live action episodes hmm. available so that like if a kid wants Bible man, they can get him in any number of ways. And then also if, if something in that episode resonates with them, they can then find not merely the verse, but also the, the supplemental material. Like that is a truly multi-platform, uh, idea. And it's weird being, uh, being as much of a movie guy as I am. Um, it's weird to be excited about the idea of multi-platform, but it is kind of exciting, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like audience engagement. Yeah. Um, and in this case where if, if faith-based filmmakers are trying to engage people artistically and spiritually, you know, we already see it with stuff like, well, we've got fireproof and then we have the book of the love dare and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. They do that, which is sometimes kind of cheesy, but at the same time, I read the love dare and I said, Hey, there's now no reason to, you know, there's no reason to watch fireproof because all of the things that I agreed with in fireproof is in this book. But if fireproof were a good movie and I, and I personally as a Christian and as a husband felt convicted and engaged by it, then I would definitely, and I would feel, you know, a certain call to action either directly or indirectly. 
I would want like, okay, what, what do I do? Oh, well, the fireproof website has a number of things that I can do to implement this stuff in my life. And so I'm a big fan of the concept of multi-platform, but you got to make sure that every aspect of it is good. Otherwise people will say, okay, so this part of the platform sucks, uh, which is, you know, the movie itself, but all the supplemental material is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I'm sorry. That was a, that was a tangent. No, that's right. Um, and you, you don't want to see, and I think this might've happened a little bit, but you don't want to see too much this idea that like they just have to, in, in uh, they have to do the multi-platform thing because that's what people are doing. And that's what seems right. to work now. Like you, you want them to do that because they have a way that it works. Yeah. And there were a few people speaking that, uh, throughout the whole day that had sort of, sort of, uh, old fashioned ideas about, what works and what is like, what's the wave of the future Uh, or what we do is we pull our wagon into town and, (laughs) or maybe, maybe I should better say that like they, they didn't totally seem to understand where, uh, where markets are now and what markets do nowadays. There was somebody, I feel like somebody was talking about how excited they were to like have this show getting ready to go on some way, way up their cable channel. And it's like, that's great. Like it's getting, that means it's getting out there to people, but that those things are going to be gone in 15, 20 years, like those kind of cable yeah. channels. Cause that's the, the whole model's changing cables, hemorrhaging money because of the, the streaming stuff. Everybody's yeah. going to Netflix. Like I wanted someone to be out there and saying, here's our new faith based Netflix show. Like yeah. that's, that's where the, re- what the rest of the industry is doing. So there was a little bit of, of a sense that the Christian people haven't quite caught up. Yeah. Like in talking with this guy that I talked to the very fact that he said, yeah, we have a Bible man app. Mm -hmm. Even if the, even if the rest of it, and even though he said it's not what it should be and we're working on it, the very fact that he acknowledged, Oh, right. We're aiming towards kids. Kids are very tech savvy. They'll want an app. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there was one person who talked about how, uh, the this guy who was an agent was on one of the actually i'll go to the next panel that i have much about the it was like faith-based first look so it was new oh, stuff okay. that's coming on and there was a guy who is an agent who has people that are in a couple projects but apparently had something to do with ben-hur and is even in it for a minute i guess he gets like crushed by a, a chariot or something oh cool um but he talked a little bit about, he was a younger guy. He might be younger than me probably. And was talking about how the, uh, just new waves in like social media marketing and things like that. He talked about this movie nerve that is coming out or just came uh, out. I just saw it. The, apparently it's quite good. Apparently almost all of their, that they, they, uh, eschewed normal marketing for the most part and put a ton of their marketing into Snapchat. Like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Given, especially given the nature of right. the, movie. the the target audience and the nature of the movie and everything like that. But apparently, it worked for them. Like it, they got a, a they got more people than you would think into the yeah. theaters with non traditional marketing. Yeah. So great, and like that's the sort of thing that I am excited to hear people on that panel say. And like we understand that the models change and that all this stuff changes, and we have to adapt with it. Um. So, uh, so that was interesting on that same panel. They had, uh, Carrie Solomon, who was the writer of the God's not dead movies. Mm -hmm. And he was, it was interesting to have him up there because he was representing a very specific, uh, group there, which is uh, why can't I turn on my TV and there be something safe for my kids to watch, Right. which was interesting because, you know, we've talked about both God's not dead films on the show. Yes good for us. Yeah. And, uh, we, 
you know, we had a lot of issues with the show, but one of the things that I always come back to is what exactly is the goal for these movies? Because if right. they're trying to reach uh, non-Christian audiences, it doesn't seem like they would. He does not seem, Carrie Solomon at least, does not seem very interested in that. I'm sure he'd love to, but it seems for him, the impetus is more like there need to be movies that are for us. Like we are a big demographic and lots of different numbers were thrown out about how many people say they're Christians or are, are sure. religious or whatever. Uh, competing numbers were thrown out at the <laughs> within the whole summit. So that's take take that for what you will. But um, I think the smallest one was that fifty one percent of people say they believe in God or there are you know some something like that. So he was saying, if this is such a big group, like these people want movies that speak to their values specifically, why can't there be movies that speak to the values specifically of this big group of people? And while for the most part, I am not really interested in seeing a lot of those movies, and I think a lot of those movies have further to go in terms of their aesthetic quality, Sure, there is, I, there is a point there. I think he's not totally off on that if there are people out there who feel like they can't turn on their TV and watch a good show that's safe, like that, that should exist. Like those things should exist. Um, so I, I kind of always wonder in those films, who are they making movies for? And the writer at least is making movies for people who think the way he thinks. Well, and what's interesting is that, that something that strikes me as odd is that, he says, you know, I want to turn on, I want to turn on the TV and have something that's safe for my kids to watch. Well, God's not dead might be safe for your kids to watch, but it's not for your kids. Right. Like that yeah. is for adults. True. And, and that maybe is more, I think that was kind of a reaction to what TV is nowadays in general. Right. I feel like sort of his idea is there needs to be enough of an influence of this type of stuff that that becomes more normal, that it's not that everything or so much of what you watch on TV is not safe for right. family audiences. Yeah. Um, and it's genuinely a concern. It's a thing yeah. that, you know, any demographic deserves to have themselves represented. It doesn't have to, they don't have to be fully represented. I have no expectation that Hollywood, which is, predominantly liberal and predominantly not Christian. Mm. I'm not saying that they need to put out as they need to put out a proportional number of movies, which is yeah. to say uh, proportional to the population. Yeah. Because that means the, that the majority of movies come out of coming out of Hollywood would then be yeah. Christian. I'm not asking for that, but, uh, but yeah, it is you and I've said before that because we've talked about a number of Christian films that, you know, we see these movies and, we do hear our values being said and you come to realize this is very rare. It's rare for me to hear this when I'm in a movie theater. Mm. Um, and there's an element to it. It's like, this is actually kind of nice. I don't have to fight against a movie. Yeah. that doesn't like me very much. Yeah. Uh, but that, so I definitely understand the instinct and I actually think I would enjoy to see seeing these movies if in fact they were good which is why right. you know i was so i was so uh encouraged by risen and i was encouraged yeah. by believe me you know yeah. and and even woodlawn to a certain extent yeah um because it's just like it's like all right i'm being 
reaffirmed, which is not this, not exactly the same as being told I'm right. Uh, I don't, I'm not looking to be pandered to. Um, but, uh, I'm being reaffirmed. I'm being maybe reminded of the things that, uh, that I believe and that I should, and you know, that I should be living out. And in the meantime, these are characters I can engage with. This is beautiful cinematography or whatever it is. Um, it would be nice to have all of that in one package. Yeah. And something you were saying earlier made me think of something that, uh, I think speaks to the experience of a lot of people that I think we want to speak to with this show. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily the person that is our typical viewer, yeah. but, um, and that's how you mentioned movies that seem to be against me. And I, I don't think that is the case with most non-Christian right. movies, but a lot of them will have at least a little bit of something that is from a worldview that is at odds with us. Yeah. So I think some Christians who are, more unfamiliar with film can find themselves in sort of a catch 22 where they I've always believed and I've read some really interesting articles recently even on how the more that you engage with art the more you can recognize what's good and bad in it right um, so does it mean morally or artistically um, or both more artistically but yeah. but really both uh, and I think if Christians Christian, not interested, not uh, as familiar with film, can find themselves in this catch twenty two where, if they want to know more about good film in order to appreciate it more, they have to dive into films that often are at least a little bit against them. And I think you and I would both say that that's worth it because mm -hmm. you you will learn so much about film. There's enough that you can get out of it, which uh, even if it isn't specifically a Christian message, that we find that in a lot of the films that we specifically discuss on the show. Yeah. Um, so, but they can find themselves in that place where going into that feels like you're going into a place of antagonism, but you can't, uh, you can't hold your films to a higher standard unless you do sort of take that plunge. Right. Um, which is interesting. I feel like that, that might be an experience for a lot of people that we've known coming from Christian backgrounds, coming from places like Missouri or North Carolina, where yeah. you're not, people aren't as entrenched in, uh, analysis or art or whatever it might be. Right. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't know that that gave me a lot to think about. I I think I probably would differ with Kerry Solomon on a lot of stuff about how he wants to make movies and right. and all that kind of thing. But uh, that's an interesting perspective, and I, I think it it gives me something in looking at those films and knowing that for him at least, it's more about movies for us for Christians, right? Um. Some of the other movies they talked about coming up were the the new Ben Hur movie, which I still haven't heard too much about. I, I, it seems like it's going to be a big failure to me. It seems like it could be it could go either way. Like it yeah. could be one of those things that comes and goes. Um, and maybe this is one that, that they don't know how to market. So if they were to market it better, they'd yeah. have it going somewhere. But uh, and I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a whole lot of money for it. The who's the lead in it? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like it. I know that Morgan Freeman is in it. Yeah. And I know that uh, Toby Cabell is in it. Okay. Um, who is not necessarily a draw and he's, but he's, you know, he was Dr. Doom and he mm. was uh, in the, uh, the new apes movie. Yeah. So, so it was like, there's names in it, but like the original Ben Hur was Charlton Heston. Right. Who was a list movie star at the time. Yeah. Um, like, this should, it seems like this type of movie should have, 
Chris Pine or somebody as as the lead. You know, um, Chris Hemsworth, something like that. Chris Hemsworth would be would be. Oh, that's who it is. Okay, that's right. It's Jack Houston, um, who is. I don't know who that is. Well, he's one of the Houstons. I'll say that. Um, really. But I know about him primarily from Boardwalk Empire. Oh, okay. Have you seen Boardwalk Empire? No, I haven't. Okay. He plays a he plays a key role in that. He's very good in it. But at the same time, like he's not a draw. Yeah. Well, and it's like we don't want to speak ill of this actor. Like, no, he's, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. Um, it just seems odd that that it's not that it's something that as epic and big as this story is not being headed up by a major yeah. movie star. And hopefully, the movie's good enough that people go to see it, and maybe this makes his career great. Yeah. Um, but. It almost seems like the studio doesn't have confidence that that's what's going to happen. Well, it definitely it definitely solidifies the uh, the image in people's minds that either there Christian films or Christian type films will get actors that were popular twenty years ago, or if they get actors that are working now, they're not going to be big actors. They're, you know, yeah. they got Morgan Freeman, but maybe they had him for a couple of days. Right, like he's probably like a peripheral character who they yeah. can put. They, it's it, so much of Christian filmmaking is the same as indie filmmaking, more yeah. often because it is. But like, you see a lot of those same things. Like, oh, they must have got that guy for a day. Like, yeah. you see somebody on the front of a poster, and you're like, there's no way that they were able to get that actor yeah. for the duration of the film. Yeah, I mean, even even believe me, a movie you and I really like. Yeah. It's like Nick Offerman, mm, definitely a one day, no question, yeah. one day. So, um, and he was great in it, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that made me think of something, and then I forgot it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to me. Yeah. But uh, so then the last thing to really talk about is uh, similar to the first look thing. They had a section that was called creative trendsetters. Okay. So these were people who so they called you up on stage. Yeah. And I was like, listen, uh, Snapchat's the way to go. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Pokemon go. The kids love it. Uh, put your marketing there. Um, like, you know, maybe like kids are, are they're like, Oh, uh, there's a, there's a Pikachu. That's the only one I know. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a Charizard. I know that's one. There you go. It's like, there's a Charizard over here and he's, you know, uh, Charizard is like holding a banner for like the new Ben Hur movie. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or, uh, or what if, uh, what if there's Pokemon's, there's a Pokemon gym in your church? Hey, sure. People are finally coming to church. Oh, wonderful. See, this thing writes itself. I could just, more people should listen to me is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no. So there were, uh, this was another one where they clearly wanted to have people from different faith perspectives. Okay. Uh, there was not anyone who was really specifically representing a, uh, uh, the Jewish faith, but there was a woman from the show transparent. Okay. I have not seen the show. I haven't. I've heard good things. Apparently a, a big part of it, or at least this panel, this, this uh, summit wanted to make us believe that a big part of it is that the family is Jewish. Okay. Um, I don't know how much that actually is a factor, but, uh, they had the woman who is, I don't know if she was the showrunner or the creator, but one of, one of those people on this show, uh, she spoke specifically about spiritualism, not about Christianity. Right. And she didn't really even speak about, uh, Judaism either, but, uh, I don't know. It, it seemed like they wanted to have some a kind of a different perspective. Sure. Uh, which could have been interesting. I don't think was that much because, 
she didn't have a whole lot to say about how her ideas of spiritualism informed this show. Um, She was saying that it's good to like, she is a person who is interested in it and likes to talk about spiritualism and how that's the thing that people are scared to talk about sometimes. And so it was good to be able to get into this a little bit in the show and great. Like, yeah, that's cool. I I don't know that there's anything uh, groundbreaking there, but that was, that was a nice point. It was nice to hear somebody working on a, what is a pretty popular show, I think uh, say, or at least critically well-received show. Um, there was a woman from Jane, Jane, the Virgin, who in the same way talked about how the fact that they're, I think, Catholic on the show. I think so. Yeah. The, the fact that the whole like Virgin Mary type thing yeah. is more of a Catholic thing. So I, 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 um, I kind of just assume that's the case. Um, but, uh, she sort of said the same thing that, you know, it was this family's faith was a big part of, of, uh, of the show. Um, I'm trying to correct, connect the idea of creative trendsetters to this. It doesn't. Well, I mean, I do know that transparent, if you, if we're looking in terms of trendsetter, uh, I know that transparent, you know, it, it addresses a lot of, uh, very current, uh, issues yeah. and it is, like you said, it's a critical hit. It gets nominated and wins awards. Um, and I think it is. I think it is a very popular show. It's on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's very popular on there. And so that's like their big hit right now. Kind I of. think so. Yeah. And so, um, so it's definitely a trendsetter in that regard. Um, yeah. But it sounds as though this is maybe not the show to to have here. Not because of not because of the the nature of you know it's about this. Uh, trans uh transgender guy uh not because of that necessarily but because she just doesn't it doesn't seem like the show is that focused on the on the faith of its characters and maybe it is i haven't seen it maybe Maybe it's a big part of it that could be a huge part of it and if so like that's that's cool that there is a show that that because in seeing some of this i was feeling like there isn't a whole lot of stuff that comes specifically from a another religious perspective and it might be nice to see things like that um, again, there may not be the market for it because the, you know, the, the, the amount of people who are, who profess Judaism in you know, the United States is far lower than the people who, yeah. who are considered themselves Christians. So it may just be that there's not a whole lot there, but, uh, at the same time, even if it is a small, uh, if it's a small demographic, it's a demographic that is interested in being served the same yeah. way that, that the Christian audience is. So I think that's something to take seriously. And, uh, that's one thing I was going to say earlier and it might've connected more to something that I was going to say earlier, but maybe I'll bring it back around. Um, I read not that long ago, an article, uh, written by Danny Woodburn, who is an actor. Oh yeah. He, he was on Seinfeld. Was on Seinfeld. What was the character's name? I, do you remember? I th- uh, Mickey, Mickey. That's the one. Yeah. Um, uh, and he, he is, a, he's a little person. Yeah. So what he was writing about was how people with quote unquote disabilities are not, uh, represented in the, uh, in the percentages that they actually exist in the United States population. And he was saying often when they are present, uh, uh represented, they're played by people who don't have those disabilities. Yeah. Like they put a, an actor who can walk in a wheelchair or something yeah. like that. Um, and I thought that was an interesting thing to address and I think kind of loops into this faith thing too. Like, uh, that's what I was going to say about it earlier, which actually diverges from the point where we were is that, um, if we have a problem with that and maybe we should, that there are not uh, percentage numbers that, 
uh, correspond to the actual percentages in the population. Um, it seems like if that's a thing that we are concerned about, it seems like there should be more people of faith and, and positive people of faith mm-hmm. in entertainment than there actually is because i feel like there's a very small percentage of that that kind of goes back to some of the stuff that they were talking about movies for us but yeah that's not as much i don't know that's as much movies that say the things that we want to be said about religion or christianity but just people who are like us in film yeah you know if we are such a huge demographic if 51 percent is correct which is huge you couldn't by any stretch of the imagine say that 51% of characters on TV and in TV and movies are Christian or religious. Yeah. It's, it's probably 10% or 15% maybe maybe that's being generous. And of those, how many of them are portrayed in a negative sense? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, but I'll, getting kind of back to where we were, it would be, it'd be cool to see some more, uh, Jewish or Muslim characters sure. represented in, in positive ways in uh, it'd be cool to see one where that's the whole idea. Like yeah. show about a Muslim family who has to deal with the fact that everybody thinks they're terrorists. <laughs> that there's yeah. a lot of comedy to be had in something like well, that. I know that's that there's, this is a slightly different thing, but I know that there's that show fresh off the boat, mm-hmm. which is, you know, about a, a Korean family and you know, you don't find a lot of that. And I, I know that even though I've heard the show is not great, mm. um, is Randall Park in that show? Uh, yes, I believe mm. so. Um, I know that there are people that are just happy that, Hey, yeah, turns out there are Asians in the country. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, uh, they have, uh, they have issues mm-hmm. and sometimes they can be funny. Isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and I'm not somebody that says that, that Hollywood needs to represent everybody in, uh, proportionally or anything like that, mm-hmm. but at least acknowledge, yeah. uh, in some capacity. But I think this is where, and it's just, sorry, I'm, uh, conversations that I've, that I had in my, uh, film class uh, in my Alfred Hitchcock class, the last couple of weeks has, uh, gotten me thinking about this, that, uh, that, you know, Hollywood types, uh, would say that they are very open. They're very open-minded and they are very, uh, they're very inclusive and they are, are probably fairly quick to condemn people in, you know, middle America and Christians and conservatives as being not that. Uh, meanwhile, Hollywood types are just as insulated as any other community, Oh yeah, you know, with where people that are vaguely spiritual, people that are probably predominantly, uh, liberal, mm-hmm. uh, politically, um, you know, and so now there's nothing, nothing necessarily wrong with people being insulated to to their groups. I mean, there can be something wrong with that, but I think it's just a natural occurrence. But when those people are responsible for representing everybody uh, in the movies and TV shows they put out there, there's going to be a lot of stuff that falls through the cracks. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, it can be very frustrating. I, I definitely understand, you know, when when like African Americans say that they are frustrated about their lack of representation, certainly on the creative side, you know, Mm -hmm. um, not many directors and that sort of thing. I, it's a thing that I totally, that I totally understand. Um, because when it comes to Hollywood, Christians in a, even in an even vaguely positive light is a, you know, 
it's like a it's like an albino alligator you know it's it's hard hard to see but uh mm. but yeah so um okay sorry we should uh, we should move on okay. um so what else we got well there's one th- this was the last panel that I, there was one other guy on there that i i feel like i have to talk about because he is a guy named reza aslan okay I don't know if I've talked about, I feel like I wrote something about this book when he had this book come out for the show, but I don't think that I actually did. I think I was just so, yeah, I think you were just thinking about it. I was way bent out of shape about it at the time. So I feel like I need to take it with a grain of salt and say, I I have a personal issue with some of the things that this guy puts out there. Um, he, he wrote a book called zealot that came out, I think two years, two or three years ago Mm -hmm. that, the essential premise is that Jesus was uh, that that we look at Jesus wrong and that it's more interesting to look at him from maybe not that it's more interesting, but the author at least is interested in looking at him as a, a, uh, a rebel against the Romans. Sure. And there is a little bit of something to be had there. And, and the fact that he, disrupted things in in uh in rome there's definitely something there but the fact that any idea that that was part of his purpose or part of his goal goes directly counter to the things that he says and to what to, to his message and to why into his whole why and the very fact that there were people at the time that were described as zealots and they were not necessarily against Jesus, but they did not see him as one of them because he was not adequately against Rome. Exactly. And there are positive things he says about the leadership of Rome. I think it bothers me the most because the idea that Jesus has come to like beat the bad guys is an idea that people had at the time. And I think is one that people still have kind of now in a different way. Yeah. And, Jesus had had to do a lot of work to tell people then this is not who I am. I'm not here to get rid of your oppressors. That is not the point. And there are, I think there are some positives hidden in that idea that people uh, grab onto too much nowadays, even uh, in thinking that like, like Jesus is going to defeat the Democrats or like Jesus is going to kill all the, you know, Jesus is going to take care of ISIS or whatever. Like there's a, there is a tendency to think of him as that type of thing when that's not the way that God presents himself. That's not the way that Jesus presents himself. So I feel like I react strongly against that idea at all. Um, I did kind of mention it when I wrote about Braveheart and when we talked about it a little bit too, that people talk about, William Wallace as a Jesus type figure, but he's really, I think he's very much not a Jesus type of figure. He murders a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, And, and he's more about really uh, getting his people out from under oppression, which is not in itself a bad thing. Right. But that's not the way that we're meant to look at Jesus. And that's definitely not who he was when he was on earth. Right. So this book is one that I take issue with. And apparently they're making I think a film out of it, it was either if some, they're making something out of it. I don't think it was a TV show. It would have to be a film, I think. And, um, some of the things that he said about it, I are are going to go in that same direction, which I don't like. Um, one was that he said, this is a quote I remember is that he said, the problem with scripture is that it has no humanity in it, 
he was talking about how scripture is an interesting subject for things for entertainment, but he said there's no humanity in it, which makes me think he's reading his Bible upside down or something. I don't know. Like it's okay. So this is the thing that I have said on the show before that there, I, I, I almost always say, Hey, here's a thing that I used to think about, about scripture, but don't anymore. (laughs) So I'll put it that way. Uh, that, it sometimes feels like the Bible is not relevant to our lives, that our problems now are so much more complex and so much more uh, nuanced and complicated than the, than the problems in the Bible. You know, uh, I would often reference it in, in regards to, you know, my own depression and mental illness and that sort of thing. And that uh, so many people will respond to that, which is, well, you just need to pray your way through it and that sort of thing. And I look at, and I would tend to look at that oversimplified response from the Christian community as, oh, well, you know, the Bible has nothing to say to people that are depressed. Yeah. Cut to me looking up dozens of verses about now that it won't use the term depression because that's not a term back then. Yeah. But it's absolutely like just the way that these uh, that that some of these figures, big figures, David, you know, yeah. uh, Jeremiah is a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, Job, just the way they talk about their lives and wishing they'd never been born and all these other things, uh, feeling like, like everybody's against them. You know, I read that and I just think, oh, wait, no, I'm completely wrong. Yeah. The Bible is plenty nuanced. It's usually in people's. Uh, implementation of it that is overly simplified yeah and it is usually in the in the implementation in implementation that humanity which is to say flawed messy complicated it's usually when that gets pushed aside because people don't want to deal with that part of it they want to use the bible to clean that up and meanwhile to me there's nothing more human than jesus saying why have you forsaken me like a a weird moment of doubt from jesus at a pivotal moment in his uh not much long life at that point yeah and to say that the bible has no that scripture has no humanity is to me astonishing i know I, i i really can't believe that and maybe maybe what he means to say is that and i don't want to put more words in his mouth but if if he means to say somehow that the types of stories we tell about scripture tend to be devoid of the humanity. I could totally believe that. That I get. And that's one reason that we liked a lot of things from Noah. Like that story often gets all the humanity sucked out of it, but that yeah. film has a lot of it in there. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what he means. But it, as far as whether or not the scripture has humanity in it, it's it's loaded with it i mean and and especially compare that to any other if you want to believe that the bible is just a an ancient story written from back then some kind of ancient text compare that to other ancient texts like even things from hundreds of years afterwards there's nothing that deals with so such small subtle emotions like depression or like uh uh like David dealing with with the pain about his that his son didn't grow up the way he wanted yeah. him to or or that uh, you know some of these people in in the gospels people who are like a woman who's ashamed of being found out as a prostitute like yeah. such like stories from back then do not deal with such particularly human emotions yeah I remember there's a uh, a C.S. Lewis quote uh, in which he says that he you know 
he's a prof- he was a professor a professor of literature he was a writer a novelist in many in many cases and um and he would look at the bible and just say this is there's a novelistic quality to it um but also but not in the way like stuff at the time was uh, you know fiction at the time was not written with this level of detail. Yeah. So it is novelistic, which is to say there are, I'll use the term. I will trust that listeners know what I mean when I say this. Uh, there are characters who have arcs, who have nuances. Sometimes literally. What was that? What? <laughs> All right. We'll get you next time. Everybody. We obviously we can't go beyond that, but like there are characters that, uh, that have deep flaws that need to be gotten over. In some cases they don't get over them. Yeah. You know, there's tragedy, there's triumph, there's betrayal, there's adultery and murder, there's redemption. There's all of these things, uh, often within the same person. I'm, I'll talk about David again. Yeah. Um, and the, and the fact that there are such big things and such small things at the same time, like yeah. nothing is like that. Yeah. And so I, it, it almost feels as though, this guy, if he is, if, if we are to believe that he is, that he genuinely is talking about scripture itself, as opposed to, as I was saying, the implementation of scripture, uh, in other, uh, media, um, if we are to take him at his word and think that he looks at scripture and thinks there's no humanity in it, you know, uh, I will, I will crib another line from CS Lewis. Uh, he doesn't know how to read. Um, you know, that's a thing that Lewis would sometimes put it out there, uh, that like, if you read the Bible and you're not getting this out of it, you don't know how to read. <laughs> Just, uh, and then Tim Keller, uh, would reference that and say, he goes, yeah, he was a professor. He could be reductive that way. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, so I, you know, I had some, I had some strong thoughts, thoughts about that. And he mentioned when he talked a little bit about what the movie is going to be like, I feel like he's almost got something that I like, which is that he wants to talk about the historical Jesus. And I think that's good. And he wants to point up some of the things that we don't talk about historically, which is how poor he was. Yeah. That he had a message for like the, the oppressed and underserved. Uh, Like those are great things. And, and because those kind of, (laughs) those uh, um, issues get attached to social justice warriors too much. Yeah. I think we as Christians kind of, forget that that's a part of who Jesus is, but that's a major part of who he is. I think that's great. But he, he then went on to say this, this author did that. Um, he was someone who was, uh, hunted down and executed by the Romans. And it's like, first of all, factually, that's not correct. The Romans were not interested in killing him. The, the Jewish leadership there thought he was a blasphemer and they brought him to the Romans and said, kill him. And the Romans were like, why? So that's, that is an incorrect view of him. And if that's again, going back to this idea that he was a zealot that was fighting against the Romans. Right. So uh, I don't know that there's, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad history. Honestly, that's what, that's what turns me off about it a lot there. That's the historical record is not there to show that that's the type of person who was, and it is, is there to show that he was the opposite. I often find myself wishing that I could just, that if I had the time I could take the various depictions of Jesus, whether it be from passion of the Christ, last temptation, you know, King of Kings, greatest story ever told, uh, most recently last days in the desert. And now this movie and just edit them all together to put to, to, to create, I think a full and lived in depiction of Jesus on screen, because, you know, I've all, I've often said that passion of the Christ is a really, really good depiction of Christ's 
suffering and crucifixion. There was more to him than that. Yeah. So obviously, you know, when it, that's, that's act three. So then we would use other movies to build acts one and two. And then we would also show, you know, the resurrected Jesus, which passion of the Christ is not that interested in showing. And so, you know, if this, so when this movie zealot gets made, I have no doubt that there would be elements to that movie that would contribute to my larger movie of Jesus, but it, it should not be seen as the lone, uh, depiction of Jesus. Yeah. So maybe that'll be one we can do an episode on when the time undoubtedly, comes. I'm sure undoubtedly. there'll be, I'm sure there will be something interesting there at least. Um, so, but that was the last panel of the day. So that I, that, that kind of wraps up the whole thing. Do you feel like having not been there? Do you feel like that gives you kind of an idea of what it was like? Yes. So here's what we need to do now. Um, so in reading people's, uh, various recaps of, of this event, uh, the word takeaway, mm-hmm. uh, gets thrown around a lot. So perhaps you and I can work through our takeaway from this. Now, obviously you were there, so you will have more of one, but in the grander scheme of things, you know, if you could say that you, that you could take all of these panels and the various conversations that you had with other people and audience response. And if you were to sum it up and say, this is what I'm taking away from the day Mm -hmm. that I either knew and had confirmed or didn't know previously, what do you think that would be? I have one, but mine's not as important. Yeah. I feel like there's a few different things. Um, one is that there's a, huge market there. Hollywood realizes that now and doesn't entirely know what to do with it. Okay. Um, and I think kind of an indirect takeaway is that Hollywood is not sure if they want to, uh, turn over the keys of the asylum to the lunatics as it were. Um, I don't know that they trust people like Harry Solomon, for instance, to say, go ahead and make more movies but they have to face the fact that his movie made millions of dollars more than they would have expected. Yeah. So that puts the money people, I guess the people who make the decisions in that way at a strange position. And it's kind of, it's kind of unpredictable to see where they will go with that. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, the second thing is that a lot of, uh, there are a lot of Christian filmmakers out there or, or Christians involved in the film industry who are very focused on creating what they think is good art, um, is quality art. Um, there, uh, we often talk about how a lot of the Christian films we see the, the story is not that good mm. over and over again at this panel or at this summit, people talked about how story is important. Story is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing. Yeah. Um, maybe you wouldn't hear that if it was a summit of all, say the Kendrick brothers or, or, uh, you know, the dove or whoever, um, maybe to them, the evangelism is first or creating something that, that, uh, is, is clean enough for Christians. Like the movie guide, people might say that, um, maybe they would say that's first, but this group of people for the most part, were saying that story comes first, which yeah. is encouraging to me. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the third, the last thing is probably just that there's a lot of content coming out. Um, and, if it continues to hit, then they're going to keep making it. Um, and I think the more it gets out there, the more people can be involved in it. And the more we can see something that we're, that we feel like affirms 
Christian ideals and we can be proud of as, as an artist, as an artifact. Yeah, that's, uh, that, uh, a lot of my takeaway, both in what you have said and also the things that I've read is, is similar to what you said in that anytime there's a shift, certainly an artistic shift, uh, bringing in a new audience or, or trying to explore something new on a philosophical level. You know, I talked before about, you know, you mentioned Blair Witch. I mentioned those, uh, blue thrillers, um, that's genre related. And so you can, so it's, it's very easy for Hollywood to say, okay, we got to do this found footage thing. You know, that's a very, that's a, you can point directly at one thing and say, that's what we need to do. Whereas this it's not an artistic style. It is a philosophy and it is trying to tap into an audience that clearly wants to engage. And so it's going to be very large and amorphous for a while. Um, and while summits like this and events like this can be frustrating and they can be a little bit unfocused, I think in the end they're a good thing because you know, you get an audience that shows they are very enthusiastic and then you get, and then for the audience, you can watch panelists and see that, okay, not everybody seems to be that interested in some of the things that I'm interested in, but then there are some that's like, okay, these people definitely know what they're talking about. They're very passionate about, um, what they want to do. And as you just said that, you know, you came away from this, from this event where the majority of the panelists and presumably the majority of the audience acknowledge now acknowledges that story is incredibly important. Now you and I being movie people recognize that story is very important. So is dialogue and then filmmaking technique as well. Yeah. Um, but baby steps and because it is amorphous and unfocused right now, the more conversations are had, the more focused it will get and the more people will realize and the more Hollywood re will realize not merely how to cater to this demographic. I'm not looking for pandering, but how to deliver the same quality of product for this group. And then hopefully being more open to Christians in Hollywood recognizing, well, we need to, we want to capture a certain demographic, but we don't know anything about these people. So maybe let's turn to the people that do, you know, and maybe it makes for a slightly more open Hollywood, uh, towards Christians. I don't know. So I, so, you know, I, I feel like I've said a lot of negative things about the, about this, uh, event, uh, or at least asked questions that, uh, that were, uh, sort of negative in their tone. I th I view this thing as a good thing and I'm excited that they've done it now a couple years in a row. Yeah. There's been several years and some of the people I talked to were talking about how they come every year now and yeah. it's like a thing. So I, I'm, I'm glad that I went, I think I got things out of it and I'd, I'd like to go again. I think, I think it will be interesting to see how this conversation progresses because really it's most, uh, I think it's most effective as just a kind of overall conversation about the state of film that deals with faith issues and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Film, uh, entertainment that deals with faith. Well, and now that this thing is going on and I've been to the international Christian film festival a couple of years, I've been to alpha omega con again, uh, a couple of years and I'll be going again. Um, you know, I've been able to see 
the just in the last couple of years, the evolution of the conversation about Christian spirituality and its engagement with art. And even at the Christian Film Fest, just from one year to the next, I noticed a noted, a noted change in tone in regards to how good these things need to be, um, or at least how much better they need to be than what they are. Uh, and it's, it's encouraging. And so with stuff like this, I'm very intrigued to see how the, either the Christian film industry will look, but then also how Hollywood will look in the, in the faith-based films that it makes in five years. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to, to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we will, we will, uh, go ahead and end there. Josh, thank you so much for going to this thing and you're welcome. And for, uh, reporting back yeah, no, uh, our, our, our course, our, our purpose correspondent, Josh long, uh, as for the rest of you, I uh, wanted to remind everyone, you know, it's still, it's still a few weeks away, but keep an eye out for the fear of God hosted by, uh, Reed and Nathan in which uh, they will be talking about various horror-related things. Uh, we're very excited uh, to present that podcast to you. Uh, and in the meantime, you can email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com. You can comment on this post at morethanonelesson.com. You can follow me on Twitter at morelessons. You can follow Josh at the Josh Long. At the Josh Long. You can also email him, josh, at morethanonelesson.com. Uh, and feel free to like us on Facebook. And this is not a thing I put out very often, but uh, we haven't had a, a, a nice iTunes review for a while, so uh, feel free to, uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, leave us a, a nice review on iTunes. It's always very helpful. So, thank you very much. Uh, Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. We'll get you next time. Bye.